Hey guys, what's up? It's Nate and it's time for another Bite Sized. So I was sort of debating on a few different topics for this Bite Size since I haven't done a whole lot of the solo Bite Sized episodes in a while. And I, I was actually going to talk a little bit about Neo 2, just take like 10, 15 minutes uh, and sort of just share some of my personal thoughts. But I do want to save that for a co-op catch up with Parker and Deuce. So we, you know, I put that on ice for a minute or two. What I did want to take a couple minutes to talk about, right, was the the latest news coming out of Square Enix. Square Enix. Oh, Nate talk pretty someday. Um, just that Embracer Group has just recently announced the acquisition of uh, a few studios uh, from Square Enix, Square Enix, uh, in- including Crystal Dynamics and uh, uh, Square Enix Montreal, if if I'm remembering rightly. So, and I just and and I and I just thought like, and there's a couple things. You guys have heard some of my rants and some of my sort of dialogue on Square Enix before. And uh, it, even if you've listened to this last uh, book club episode, I, I kind of talked a little bit about Final Fantasy IX and how, in a lot of ways, I've been pretty consistently frustrated with Square Enix's decisions uh, just in a lot of uh in a lot of ways, and all, just to sort of add, like the, the the a recent article coming from uh, Yuji Naka, the the creator of uh, Balance Wonderworld, right? Um, and of you know some he's a storied sort of creative in the industry. He's responsible for like some stuff in Sonic. I think Sonic Two was one of his big uh, contributions, or he was a big part of that. Um, and he talked about his experience with Balance Wonderworld and how six months before release, he was actually removed from the game. Uh, and and he actually had to sue Square Enix. And I don't know where that uh, is all landed, but you know, for him to even be able to talk about that, he was sort of, I guess, under NDA or whatever. Um, and, and now, to be fair, too, he does have a bit of a storied past. He's... Uh, he there are several accounts where he has just been flat out obnoxious in sort of dealing with uh staff and management at different times but um all that being said you know and and this is even something that i've i've had conversations with you know josh i think on a maybe on a couple of the bro hangs and even with recently not too uh too long ago with parker and and my brother deuce and i did i just said like i don't like square enix is sort of the studio that just breaks my heart the most, right? Um, it's it's a situation where, when I was a kid, right, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of build out a little bit of a narrative for everybody, and then and then we'll sort of just talk about some of the reasons I I really well, frankly, I don't think we should trust Square Enix anymore. I you know, and and there are a lot of people who may not agree with me, and may, maybe for all I know, there are a ton of people who are like, you know, Nate, you're you're preaching to the choir. Um, but I think this is a a development studio that has just really lost the plot. Um, you know, at, and I don't know whether it's on a creative side or a managerial side, but we'll we'll get there. We'll, we will talk a little bit about this. I just wanted to talk for a second about like growing up. These were the games that I love. Like you know, if I saw a square, and this is prior to the merger, but if I saw a SquareSoft game or an Annex game, like I was in. Like we were talking Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, and I was like, I was like, I'm in. I'm I'm there for that. Uh, Annex published one of my favorite games of all times, uh, Valkyrie Profile. Uh, the, the developer was Triace. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, these are, these are studios and, and publishing houses that I, I just, you know, like if it had Squaresoft on it, I was going to buy it. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. It was like a no brainer. Uh, Dragon Quest eight, no brainer. Uh, Final Fantasy six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Um, I wasn't big, on, but you know, and it was like, I, I wasn't like day one all the time. Uh, 12 uh, and 13, just part one. Uh, I wasn't 13 didn't do much for me. I've heard it's a really great game, but I'm just saying like this, this was a studio that I loved and it was almost guaranteed. I was going to like pick up their stuff and, and play it. Right. So over the last couple of years, and, and I'll be honest, uh, I think probably around 13, I sort of fell off with when it, uh, with Square Enix when it comes to that. Like, I just was kind of like at a point where it's like, I don't really trust where they're going. And I think a lot of that has to do, and, and again, I'm going to reference the, the, the book club conversation. And I don't know if I, I said this specifically or something along these lines, but at some point in time, I realized that I, like my side lost the fight. Like the, the Final Fantasy games that I was really into, like six and nine and 12, where it wasn't super grim dark and it didn't feel like sort of edge lordy or emo sad boy melodramatic crap. Cause like, listen, like all the Final Fantasy games are melodramatic. It's just what kind of melodrama are you into? Right. And I think like, you know, in our, in our most recent book club conversation, I talked about the fact that like, I love the optimism and the joyfulness and the hopefulness that is, and, and, and sort of the, the, the wonder and the whimsy that is Final Fantasy IX. Now, granted, I think there, you know, there's some pretty valid critiques. And even though I think that the, the digital edition really stands up and it's really a pretty solid title, it's not without its flaws. Right. And it, but I, I think nine is just an underrated gem and there's a lot of reasons it came at sort of the end of the PS one's life cycle. It was sort of, you know, it came very quickly after eight and then it was already being overshadowed by 10 with uh, the release of the PlayStation two, so, but on top of a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think maybe even just like philosophically, it was sort of kiddish. It was a storybook kind of thing. It was, it was a little, like I said, it wasn't as brooding or as, and it didn't take itself maybe as seriously as Final Fantasy seven VII and eight and, and 10 even, um, you know, and maybe I like 10. I need to replay 10. I never finished it anyways, but, and, you know, so I, I always sort of, you know, in a lot of ways gravitated to, I like Dragon Quest eight, one of my favorite games of all time, uh, Dragon Quest eight, uh, has a lot of like charm and whimsy and sort of lightheartedness. And yes, there's dark moments, but it's ultimately pretty optimistic. It's pretty hopeful. And, 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 and going and looking at all this, I think like, you know, the, the kind of final fantasies that I wanted to see and that I wanted to play, like my tribe or my side lost the fight. We lost the argument there. And so final fantasy pressed more into like the legacy of games like seven and eight. Like, I mean, like 13 is super like lightning or whatever. She's like, basically like she's cloud with, you, you know, she's, she's a female version of sort of cloud and strife. Um, she's kind of boring. Yeah. And this or squall, not strife, geez, squall. Um, but I don't know. She just didn't do much for me. And and again, it's also been like 10 years since I played the game. So I don't I don't have like a perfect grip or recall on this. But then I I look at some of the the more recent decisions, right? And so 
you know, you have the things like, this is just a company that I think makes really weird decisions. And we're, we're going to talk about the article that just sort of dropped too. Like, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but like, let's talk about the fact that you have basically done these final fantasy pixel remasters and you're holding them off to PC and uh, phone. Right. And I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure that someone has some data as to why that's like a good idea or whatever, but like, honestly, the, the fact that these aren't on at least the switch at the very least, the switch is just mind boggling to me. It's like, I don't understand the, the decision being made there as to why th this isn't at least on the switch, if not on all the other consoles, including, you know, Xbox. Um, especially PlayStation though, you know, because yeah, I'm, a, I'm a Sony pony right now, uh, until Microsoft gives me a reason to play their games. Uh, you know, uh, just throwing a little bit of shade, a little bit of shade. Everybody calm down, calm down. But so it's like, you have that, you have that decision and then you have like the stuff with, you know, and I go back to like the Avengers, like, and, and the decision there to, from what all like you know everybody was like from all accounts that like everybody i've talked to and everybody's played it said like the single player portions of the game were fine they were they were good they were enjoyable they weren't anything super stand out but it's like there was some charm there whereas the the multiplayer and it, like in theory it's like a destiny sort of ripoff game where you could be the avengers okay like cool like in theory and again i'm not big on destiny and, and games as a service and as a general rule although i am playing division two the division two right now and having a heck of a time with it so but and it's like and and the sort of the abysmal failure and just the absolutely terrible rollout with that right and again you know some of that, some of this stuff, and, and again, the, the timelines are kind of weird, but like, you know, how much did COVID affect some of this and how much it, was it just the game wasn't polished, the game wasn't ready? And then you have the way that they've basically treated Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like sort of one of these things where I'm like, they're saying, well, we're disappointed in the performance. And they're like, the game sold 4 million copies. And I'm like, what did you expect? Did you think this was going to be Final Fantasy VII Remake? You know, which, you know, it's like that was breaking all sorts of records uh you know but and even going back to like that year that they released final fantasy 7 remake they couldn't even like they didn't even i don't know if they even broke even because avengers bombed so badly okay so you have like this they, there's just a consistent pattern of making weird decisions here right and then like i said they go to the guardians of the galaxy and they're like this should sell tens of millions of copies or something that's like it sells four million and it's like well what did you expect like guardians of the galaxy is not a high profile team and from all all accounts like the game is really good it's really stand up you, you know it's it's actually like a lot of people that i've heard talking about it and covering it um they're like no this is like a game to not sleep on um it's really enjoyable and it's really well done and there's some really cool mechanics and and I'm just kind of like, but again, you're, you're sort of, it's almost like Sony expected like the fact that we're going to slap Marvel on this and it's just going to be like money machine go burr kind of thing. Right. And then you have, uh, so you have like all of that. Then you have like the situation with Babylon's fall here. And I'm sure there's probably going to be things that I forget, right. That 
um, that I, I don't talk about. And so, but it's like you have the whole Babylon's fall thing where it's like, this is very obviously half-baked and underdone and it's not ready. And instead of either just giving Platinum more time to fix the game or just pulling the plug and taking the L, they put out a game that's just like, I mean, I was listening to something the other day. It was like Steam had like 10 concurrent players at one point in time or a peak of 10 players at one point. The game's dying because it's not good, because it looks bad, and because it it just was rushed out the door. And, you know, on the other hand, you have all these cool like pixel remasters and HD two HD uh, the the 2D HD kind of remakes and everything to everybody. Like, and dude, you have games like, Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy, which are just like doing really, really well. Um, you know, I think the fact that like that Octopath Traveler and Triangle Strategy, Octopath has not made it on the PlayStation. I don't think it's going to make it on the PlayStation just because I think at some point in time, because that was published by Nintendo worldwide. Um, I think Square handled it in Japan, but Outside of that, Nintendo has handled the the publishing and and the the sales worldwide for Octopath. And and frankly, I don't think they're going to give that. They're they're not going to give that to PlayStation. There's too much bad blood there. And I, I think the fact that it showed up on Game Pass is a bit of a, a nod to the fact that like it's either like it's either a sign that Nintendo is a lot more willing to play ball and play nice with Microsoft and maybe even host like a version of Microsoft Game Pass, or Uh, it's just an easy way for them to sort of like, you know, throw, you know, sort of turn up, you know, thumb their nose at PlayStation. And I highly doubt that Triangle Strategy is going to make it to the PlayStation ecosystem, even though it's doing very well, Um, you know. So we've got all this stuff. You've got the, the, I think it's the Dragon Quest 2 and 3 or the, one of the the pixel dragon quest is getting a the 2d hd sort of treatment i want to say three i'm almost positive it's three um which is one of the ones that i'm not like i played it years and years and years and years ago but i'm not super familiar with it but so you have all of this like i said then you've got like the really just colossal failures that are avengers uh and babylon's fall and it's it's almost like this is a, a studio that can't read the room Right. And then you have this and like for me, like this is a total win. So we have like this place that most recent PlayStation Direct. You've got the Diofield Chronicles was announced. Uh, I think a new Starfield was announced, which and then for me, the the Valkyrie profile uh, Elysium, which like I'm I'm all about that. Like I know a lot of people are throwing shade at that and saying, oh, it looks really bad and dumb. And it's like, listen. That original game, what I'd love to do is, what I'd love them to do is just take the original game, like really give it some just beautiful pixel art and sprite work and just like remaster that, but or remake that even. But it, it's probably not going to happen because um, I, I love that first one a whole lot. But, um, you know, and I think like it, it could be cool. Like, you know, I think based on the history of that series, right? Um, if it's done well, and again, it, that, that's sort of the question, will it be done well? And, and, and frankly, I'm not super confident that it will. And, well, and, 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 and lastly, sort of like a, a big sort of, you know, you've got the live, live alive game or live alive game that's coming out that looks pretty cool for all intents and purposes. But then you have the, the recent Chrono Cross 
remaster debacle where the, the fact of the matter is a lot of people are saying like, hey, uh, it's easier just to play this on original hardware or emulate the original software on current hardware than it is to play this current remaster version, which is just like, there's so many things where I just, I have to sort of ask, ask questions. And then again, with the, the Yuji Naka sort of article coming out where he basically talked about the fact that like, again, he was sort of pulled off the project six months, Balance Wonder World before, six months before it released. But then, you know, and again, it's, it's sort of a, it's a translated sort of Twitter thread that he posted in English. And so some of the translation, but it sounds like there was stuff where he was saying, Hey, there's problems with this game. We need to fix it. Um, and, and sort of, there was some other stuff too, like, but, and it just sounded like square, square Enix's management team that was handling him just was not willing to sort of do anything about that. Um, and again, uh, there's a, there's a lot left to be unpacked from all that square Enix hasn't responded publicly to any of that. So we don't, it's just him telling his side of the story. Right. And then we have, um, you know, this announcement, right? So, and I think even sort of the, the announcement today about releasing sort of the, these, some of these Western development studios wasn't that big a Biggest surprise because a couple of weeks ago, um, there was an art. There were several articles floating around how in uh, one of the 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 guys at uh, Square Enix basically talked about sort of wanting to preserve the the unique Japanese ness of like he he just he just didn't feel like that Square Enix and Western design philosophies really mixed. And, and, and a, uh, you know, I remember reading that article and just being like, eh, it just sounds like to me that there's a, a, a serious management problem with Square Enix. Right. And again, this is, this is just me sort of like being a fan of the studio for years and years. Um, and then kind of watching a lot of the decisions that have been made over. And I, and again, I think this is a problem that has sort of been, you know, they, they've been sort of, this has sort of been brewing for 10, 15 years, maybe it's, this is a studio that has lost its identity, doesn't really know what it should be doing. Um, I, I think the, the, the sort of the, the, the troubled development cycle and story behind the final fantasy remake game. And, and even the fact that like, like there's no real solid news on final fantasy remake part two or whatever. It's like all of that just shows that this is sort of a studio that's completely out of touch with its fan base. And even, even though it's not as abysmal, look at the whole freaking, uh, strangers in paradise, final fantasy origin, strangers in paradise thing. It's like, this is just a, like, it's a game that, you know, it's it's uh, Michael Huber from Easy Allies would probably call this like you know a, a seven. Well, it is a seven. It's like a seventy three or seventy two on on Open Critic right now. But it is a game that's just sort of like middle of the course. And it's like, dude, like the the fact of the matter is, like you had, um, you had Team Ninja, which you know the, it's the the studio behind the combat in neo and neo 2 doing sort of basically a neo game set in a final fantasy world with and it's just like it's just like 
I don't know. Like it, it's just like this is a a studio that just manages to misread the room. They I don't think they know what they're doing. I don't think they're managed well. And frankly, I I think they give people like you know it's like I I throw a lot of shade at him, but I think Nomura is just he's got his fingers in entirely too many things, like. The fact that like, you know what I kind of hate and even reading this article is like they're talking about wanting to invest in NFTs and blockchain technology and all sorts of garbage like that. It's like I have to and I'm not the first guy to say this, but I I would add my voice to it. I have to wonder if they're not trying to live like Yuji or not Yuji, but uh, Nomura isn't trying to build some sort of like Square Enix metaverse and just wrap it all up into Kingdom Hearts, which would enrage me because Kingdom Hearts is just like, while technically like I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 1, I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts 2, but they're just weird and esoteric. And even the fans are going to tell you, like you got to spend three hours on wikis just trying to parse out what the story is. You have in like essential parts of that game. Like so I, I throw all of this out there, right? Like all of like my gripes and like, I'm just like, this is, but this is a company that every time I look at them, I'm like, what are you doing? And it seems like when they strike gold, dude, like Final Fantasy Remake was phenomenal. One of the, the best selling games of that year. Just, and like I said, and it, it was, it was only sort of, it was, it was sort of one of the critical darlings in a lot of ways too. But, and, and it, actually got buried by their own failure, um, which the Avengers game, right? And it, so it's like, it's this company that it, on a grander scale, and I've talked a little bit, you know, it's come out in some of the bro hangs and the bite size, like just the way I feel about Platinum is that I think Square Enix is just a higher pro profile Platinum studio uh, in, in a lot of ways. Now, granted, I think they have overall a, much better production value with, especially with their, their in-house stuff, like their Final Fantasy games for the most part tend to just sort of be like these over the top visual spectacles, like, like every gen, like every time there's a new Final Fantasy, it's absolutely pushing the, the limits of visuals and music and CG and design and, yeah, like, and and I don't have a problem with that. I just think like that narratively, they're just completely off in like, you know, left field or la no more land, you know, where it's just it's just kind of like this hot mess, and they don't know what they're doing. And I think part of that really is just a management issue, where it's like you have a bunch of people at the top making decisions for this company that don't know what the consumer actually wants. And, and, and again, maybe I'm just the outlier here. Like that's, that's always like sort of, I'm always open to that, but I think like, you know, in, in the corners of the internet that I sort of lurk in, a lot of people are just like the, the Square Enix isn't making games that they want to play. Like, you know, yes, we're, we're interested in some of the remakes and the remasters that are coming out. Um, or if they are making the games that we want to play or re-releasing the games that we're, they want to play, like they're doing it in weird ways. Like, I mean, I'll be, be perfectly honest and I have no, like I haven't done it. And again, I, I didn't do any research coming into this. I bought Final Fantasy VI, uh, the Pixel Remaster for my phone. Now I've owned Final Fantasy VI on like every console. So I don't, I don't know that I actually took points for it. I can't remember. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't in, in the beatdown stuff. But the, the fact of the matter remains is that 
there's an opening credit scroll where you see and it and the the little bit that I've sort of fooled around with so far. It's really pretty. It's really good looking, crisp looking pixel art. It's like it's sort of it it actually it's like sort of seems like one of those things that kind of reminds me of the way I imagined the game was the first time. You know, like you have this sort of like doctored up memory. And anyways, all that being said, right? But then it's like you have this opening credit scroll where the mechs are sort of traversing the wasteland and it just rolls through all the credits. I know that when that game first released, it was like you couldn't actually see the credits that hadn't been patched in. Like, so it was just like five minutes of watching these mechs crawl through, you know, this sort of pixelated snowy wasteland thing. And I'm like, this is, and again, looking at the Chrono Cross stuff and the, the Radical Dreamers remaster that was recently released. It's like, it's it's in a broken state and it's just like you have this combination of like you have this really top shelf stuff like final fantasy 16 i think is going to be amazing um uh, you know i hope it is um because final fantasy 15 was kind of like poop soup but it, it wasn't my bag you know and i haven't spent a ton of time playing it i just was like not interested in the vibe again at some point in time maybe i'll i'll make the time to go through it and play it and maybe i'll change my mind you know because i've heard like it's basically just you know uh four bros in a road trip kind of thing um i've heard there's a decent story in there anyways but all that being said right so you have like these really high profile projects that just sort of fall flat on their face and occasionally they'll hit lightning in a bottle but it's like it just makes me it it, it concerns me it concerns me because the the this is a studio that made a lot of games that i care about and i'm i'm very invested in like you know and it seems like things like dragon quest 12 which was a phenomenal success are outliers not the rule and that every other thing that they these guys managed to put their hands to is just kind of like a mess um and i just i i like i said i just sort of i'm at a point where it's like and 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 Square Enix isn't one of those studios that people are as rabid about as they used to be. I I know that I used to be just an absolutely rabid Square Enix. I, I call them Squeenix, but I used to be just a rabid fanboy, and it was just like I would defend everything they did. And and I guess I'm just like I'm at a point where I've like been burnt enough, and I'm just like this, this sort of. There's almost a bit of a vote of no no confidence, and so when I saw them offload. Their Western, basically their Western style game development studios. I was like, this isn't a surprise because these guys don't know what they're doing. Frankly, the whole like Tomb Raider thing is like, and maybe maybe it's just one of those things where Crystal Dynamics and 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 uh, Square Square Enix Montreal just weren't a good fit or whatever. But like those Tomb Raider games did really really well, and it's like I just don't think, I just don't think that this studio has this company has like the, the people calling the shots of this company have any idea what the people who actually buy their games really want. And instead they, they're just sort of like they're hiring their own supply. They're sort of almost demonstrating the same sort of PlayStation level arrogance that we saw with the PS3. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, it's like the other night <laughs> Parker got me wound up and I, I sort of had an unhinged rant where I just like, but yeah, I'm just tired. Like, I think, like I said, is a combination of, I think like just as, and maybe, maybe it's just one of those things where it's just, it's not for me, but I also think it's a bit of a problem. 
that you have guys like Nomura sort of like calling the shots and being a huge voice. But like, frankly, everything outside of Kingdom Hearts that he's had his hand in is, in, in my opinion, pretty unimpressive. And again, I'm just maybe I'm just like this is like, dude, like he was all over. He had his fingers all up in Final Fantasy Origin and Strange of the Paradise. And that game was just a big, fat, old, mediocre sandwich. And I'm just saying, like, at some point in time, there's got to be some sort of decision made where, you know, there's this whole Final Fantasy IX remake coming out. And I'm terrified because Final Fantasy IX was a game that I loved, right? I, I love that game. And we did the book club episode on it. And I talked about how it might be my favorite Final Fantasy of all time. And to have that come out and not get the kind of treatment that I think it deserves, like, it just... It's, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, and ultimately it's just a video game. And so it doesn't really matter all that much, but I, I think, you know, it's like these kind of things are what like we ought to be thinking about. And it's like, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I just, I sort of wanted to say like this whole, like Square Enix is full of crazy people. And sometimes I love the crazy that Square Enix embraces. Um, and other times, not so much. And I just think it's it's just been it's it's kind of wild. And I'm sort of interested to see where they go from here. But it's just like, guys, if if you haven't done any reading on this, I Google some of this, like the stuff with Yuji Naka, the the stuff with um uh, uh like the uh, uh I posted it in one of the 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 threads or the chats I'm in where one of the the leads at or one of the heads at at square enix was like yeah well we're just you know we really don't do western design all that well and it's like well no duh we we can tell like you guys don't have a grip and it's it's almost one of these things where i just have to wonder if like it's it's just like i said i don't know i don't think they know what they're doing i think you got a bunch of people who are sort of you know again i'm gonna sort of they're high on their own supply and i just like it as much as you know, I, I don't know if this is the inevitable outworking of sort of like some of the, the, the ideologies and the philosophies that really sort of won the day with like stuff like Final Fantasy seven VII and eight um, and, and 13 and, and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's but all, all, all I know is that like an even 10 numbers. Ugh. I'm just not a fan of just sort of their current trajectory. I'm not really all that confident in their ability to deliver good products. And even though this is a studio where it's like they made a ton of games that I, I loved, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not sure that I, I'm not, I'm not sure that I trust them all that much. I mean, like, yeah, you have things like Octopath and you have things like Triangle Strategy and there are like in Nier Automata, like you do have these outliers, which are like, and, and when they hit, they are phenoms. But I'm just saying like, it's like, it just seems like everything else that they, they manage to throw out there is just kind of a, at, at best, mediocre sandwiches. And then it's, they don't actually know what to do with the successes. Because frankly, I think offloading the studio that gave you Guardians of the Galaxy instead of like really investing in them and giving them an opportunity because now you've got a game that did pretty well, didn't do awesome, but it did pretty well. You could turn around, do a sequel for that game and maybe double your, your size. Like, you know, because it, like, you know, and maybe get a lot more day one sort of involvement and investment. I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe they're just a company that isn't keeping up with the times and the way that the market's changing. But even, even the fact that they're offloading these studios to the Embracer group so they can invest in NFTs and blockchain and cloud AI or whatever else it was. It was like, man, this is just a, like, like I said, guys, this is a company that like, I, I don't think this is like all that hot to take. I think this is probably pretty par for the course for a lot of people. But like, this is a company, Square Enix. I'm just like, if I could sit in a room and be like, what are you guys doing? And, and I doubt, I doubt that any of them could give me a, a sort of a coherent and reasonable answer. But that's, that's my opinion. This has been a bite size with Nate's hot takes on Square Enix or Squeenix or whatever, you know, we want to call it. I like to call it Squeenix. Just, I don't know why, because I'm a very strange man. Um, but all that's being said, like, Hey guys, thanks for listening. And, um, I mean, you guys know what to do. Uh, the, the whole rate review, share and care, and you know, check out our Patreon if uh, you haven't already. Um, anyways, all that being said, like I said, you guys know what to do, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits.